I actually train these two baseball players and these guys are like young 16, 17 year old kids and they train together. So like, obviously you just know when two teens are going at it, the testosterone hey. is too fucking rooted. Yeah, <laughs> testosterone just pouring out the freaking eyes, man. Just like pouring <laughs> out. It's like, oh yeah. All I know is like your, your gym sessions with those baseball players, like sounds like this. <laughs> One hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna record it. I'm gonna do a mic dump session with them one time. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> What's up, everyone? This is the PT Lens Podcast. What's poppin'? What's poppin', everybody? Man, you're loving that, Mike. I'm loving it, man. I, I love this upgrade. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing with my life before. I have no idea. But you had my this old is... like, trash mic, I think. No, it wasn't even that bad. Honestly, I think I was actually doing much better with that. But then um, I tried this mic for a bit. And then uh, it wasn't sounding as nice. And then when I listened to the podcast recently, and I was like, man, it doesn't sound that nice. What the hell? And then I changed some settings and, you know. It's all good now. There you go. You sound pretty good, man. It's like nice back and intimate, away. right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you mm. got to back away from that shit, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, what's, what is up? We have a very special guest today. Uh, we're going to let him introduce himself. But um, real quick, just before we get into that, uh, the way that I found Kajivan, who's our guest today, was through an Instagram post, which I found very, like, super inspiring, and I'm sure he's going to speak to it too, but it was a post about being, uh, I think it was during quarantine, really mm. taking a, like, to hard look at yourself in the mirror and saying, yeah, I'm not where I want to be, this is not what I want to look like, and mm. I really just want to turn things around for myself, and it's a really vulnerable post, and that's why that's how i found him and it, it had a pretty profound impact on me because i don't really see a lot of people you know addressing the fitness space like that i don't mm. really see i think we don't really get deep like that we don't really go and say hey this is how it's really affecting me it's not just about getting jacked or you know having the six-pack but like, what does it really mean like what internally what does it feel like to finally look the way you've always wanted so yeah i wanted mm. to introduce kajivan uh what's good man What's going on, guys? My name's Kajivan, Coach Kegs. Bro, you gave me a really deep-ass intro, and I don't know if I can live up to the conversation. <laughs> that we're yeah, let's, let's end the podcast right there, right? Let's end the podcast right there. I think we should just call it right there. Thank you guys for listening. No. That's it. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'm a personal trainer. Just graduated from the University of Waterloo a few years ago. Sorry, a few months ago from the kinesiology program there. Um, been a personal trainer for almost a year now. I think we're creeping up on a year in a couple months. Um, um, I just like helping people with their health and fitness. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's a huge pillar in the person I want to be. And I think it's the best way to sort of get the most out of people. And fitness is a sort of gateway to that. Maybe um, you can speak on this post. Because I, I, I don't know any context behind it. I didn't meet you on Instagram. You know, give me some context so, behind who you are, man. In terms of that post, um, that was March 
it wasn't even much. I think it was like June 2020. So that was a few months, like perhaps that into the pandemic. And the pandemic really took a toll on me because fitness and health was something I never really took super seriously. It was something that was kind of on the back burner the entire time. Mm-hmm. But when quarantine happened and the gyms closed down, uh, everything went to shit. Like I would just get high as a kite every day. I would play video games and that would be my life for like 10, 12 hours sometimes and online school was just whatever it was because it was online school and I got through and when June or July or whatever that time came I looked in the mirror and I was like what the fuck am I doing like the only time I go outside was to smoke weed and I was like this is not okay right so it was one of those times where you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like what does this come to right so I, I was disappointed in myself physically disappointed in myself mentally disappointed in myself spiritually like i had no direction um so that was one of those sort of inflection points in my life where i look back at it it's one of the lowest of the lows but it really allowed me to look back give my kick in the ass that i needed and mm. get me to where i am today so when i originally had that moment i never told a soul i never told my mom i never told my sister i never told my girlfriend I never told anyone for i'd say at least two years and then i slowly like started telling one to two people and then I was like fuck if I can tell these people let me just share it with the world and hopefully someone gets some inspiration from it so the fact that I'm on this podcast because of that is pretty crazy but um it's just one of those moments where yeah you just look at yourself and you're like yo what am I doing and you actually go out and make that change because I'm sure I've had that moment where I've had it multiple times I don't go out and do anything I'm sure other people have had that moment where they look at themselves and then nothing changes. But for me, that was just a huge part of uh, becoming the person in today. So talk to me about that a bit, right? So a lot of people, I'm sure like when they reflect on themselves and like, uh, obviously we all have our own demons, but was there something in particular, like, was it like you just woke up one day and you looked at yourself in the mirror and that was it? Or was it like something specific where you were like oh man i really can't do this one thing or you know what i mean like was there one particular moment that comes to mind when it kind of you were like okay something's got to change i think for me it's just looking at myself in the mirror that one day and i don't know what it was it was it was i was at one of the heaviest weights i've ever been i looked the biggest i ever did and for me my weight how much it was uh, I think I was at 176, which is actually like close to what I'm at right now, but I look a lot different in terms of body composition, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was just, I was very ballooned up. I was, I was typical skinny fat brown kid is how I like to say it, right? That's how I identified before. And it just got a lot worse to the point where I was more fat than skinny. And it was just like, dude, I don't like how I look. This is as someone who's going into kinesiology, as going into exercise science, as someone who quote unquote, does fitness this is not the look i want right so that was just kind of the wake-up call for me beautiful that's a very interesting point because i think prab can comment on that too because he mm-hmm. he was actually i'll let him share his shoulder mobility situation <laughs> yeah. yeah i was in the exact same like not the exact same situation but i was in a situation where i was in physio i was doing my master's at the time and i was having a lot of issues with like shoulder mobility hip mobility and uh, just general fitness in general i didn't really work out because i couldn't even like shoulder press 10 pounds without pain Mm -hmm. and nerve pain into my hand and i've never been able to cross my legs either 
well, I'm, I'm on the way now. I'm, I'm putting in a lot of work now, but back then my hips were really limited. And so I felt like that was, that stopped me from doing things like squats. And I actually was to the point where I didn't think I'd ever be able to do a squat below 90 degrees because it was so tight. And I was in Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's funny because we just squatted. Remember that day we just were in the good life? Yeah. I literally <laughs> squat like 135 plus yeah. on that shit. Yeah. Like it was, it's crazy, right? So I saw him on the Smith machine, man. And it was not a lot of weed on that. No, <laughs> there was not a yeah, lot of weed on that. Well, he saw me in a different, like, different era of my life, right? So I was in physios, just like you were saying, you know, being in kinesiology, you don't want to, you want to be able to kind of represent the field you're in. And I was in physio and I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. So in, in quarantine, I actually did the exact same thing as you. I just had a day where I said, you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna like totally change this. We're gonna start working out. I think Walid got us started on some P90X. What was it, P90X3 mm-hmm. we were doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I'd, I'd barely like really worked out before that. We were doing like 30 minute workouts on this like video series and you know, fixing my shoulder and hips through some physio exercises. And um, the quarantine was huge for me in terms of turning everything around. So I, I totally relate to you on the on this story. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. So, like, walk us through the next steps after that. So, you made this realization, and uh, you started to get your fitness in check. What What's your journey been like in uh, like personal training, exactly? Like specifically, how did yeah? You what's, your, what's your last year been? You know, yeah, reflect on your process? one year mark. Yeah, it's one year. Holy, um, I didn't think I'd ever do personal training. To be honest, like, I was like growing up. I always watched a lot of YouTube fitness. I always watched. I consumed a lot of fitness content and I was like, I'd walk into the gym, I'd look at the personal trainer, I'm like, I probably know more than you. <laughs> turning into turning into this, I was like, I was in school. Um, my school gym was looking for personal trainers, and at the time I wanted to do online coaching first, actually, before I got into personal training. So I started my online coaching, I launched it twenty twenty two. January, so just over nice. a year now for that. Nice. And nice. then after that, I was like, hmm, I know how to coach. I kind of did this online coaching thing. Why not train people at school and make some money? So it's kind of like a side hustle thing. It wasn't even something I thought was going to be serious. Hmm. But I took on a couple of clients when I was in school, and that just made me realize how much I could do for other people. And I was like, oh shit, this dude was in the same position I was probably in when I first started. Let me kind of teach him carry him along the way and then I think I trained two guys and a girl and they both got significantly stronger in like the three or four months that I worked with them and it was just really cool to see someone transform and get confidence in the gym and kind of work them through that and then sort of guide them through the mistakes that I had already made it was like taking them through a maze but I had already been through the maze so that was a really cool way to sort of go about things and then after that I graduated um and i was like what can i do to make me money and i said let me just do personal training and we'll figure it out from there so joined stronger now in august after i graduated with this within three weeks three weeks of my graduation and um i've been with them ever since in my online coaching fitness coaching on the side and uh that's just how what we're doing right now so with the online coaching is that like you're creating the programs for these people and they're just doing their own thing and checking in with you on a like semi-regular basis and then the training is when you actually go in with them and you know take them through the program yourself mm-hmm. so the in-person training is um 
separate from my online. So those are clients I work with in person, typically two to three times a week. Uh, depending on the person, I'll take them through the program I've created for them. Uh, I can craft their off day workouts in terms of my online coaching. Um, that one is for people who maybe have a little bit more experience in the gym. And that's, I think my bread and butter because I create the training program for them based on their needs, based on what they want to do, based on maybe restrictions they have in their mobility, based on injuries they have. We try to work around that, um, cater their nutrition. So give them some sort of macronutrient profile to follow and then give them the tip, give them the sort of guidance they need, uh, any resources, recipes, uh, I try to do form checks over chat as well. So if, because I can't be there in person, the next best thing is you taking a video of me doing the exercise and me giving you critiques over that, trying to give you sort of my take on it. And then weekly video calls where we kind of sit there, talk about how the week went, creating, setting new goals, small goals, and then just going from there, right? So I just find that what online coaching is a little bit more of a, keeping you accountable if you kind of already know what to do, whereas in-person training is a great way to get into it if you're a beginner. So this dude wanted to lose weight, and I was like, you gotta start cooking meals on your own. You can't just be eating out all the time. So I recommended him like HelloFresh or some like meal prep service where like you can cook the food or do whatever. And he looked into it, he made a couple meals, and then within two months, this guy was literally cooking meals by himself. And I looked at this dude, I'm like, bro, you went from eating out every fucking meal to now making your own food and making better health choices. And then he's like, he'd come in, he'd do workouts in on his own, he'd start going for walks. And it's just like seeing numbers on the bar is cool. It's like seeing someone deadlift 150 pounds and look at you like, oh shit, I just did that. It's cool. But then when they're able to sort of change fitness into their identity and change fitness into, oh shit, like I actually work out. I actually eat healthy. I feel better. That, that was sort of the game changing eye opening moment for me. I think that's so nice, man. I think that's probably one of the most rewarding things that you can get in the space that you're in. Like when you can, <clears throat> not only encourage them to see the vision that you have, but also allow, inspire them to utilize your blueprint the way that they should and make it sustainable rather than them being like, oh, I right. need to be exactly like Kajivan, right? Like I can't, yeah. I, I don't need to be exactly like him, 176 pounds, just pure muscle, right? Um, just a monster. Um, but I, I need to be, I need to be able to, you know, just, it could be simple as I'm not eating out as much. So I'm saving money, yeah. but I'm also independent. I can take care of this stuff. I have better control over my life. That little sure. mindset change is a it's a win. And and you being able you being in that position to facilitate that, it's 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 beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah, me and Walid were we were just talking about this yesterday. It's like even in physio, we have those people who we know they'd benefit from, you know, going through the whole process and learning, you know, how to create your program and getting familiar with the gym, going there consistently three, four times a week, getting mm -hmm. doing the strength training, doing the the rehabilitation as well. But some of them mm -hmm. that you just know that they're not necessarily going to go through the exact journey you did. Like they're just not, that's not part of their goals. Right. So yeah. like, that's, that makes it our job to just give them, a little bit more incentive to create a healthier lifestyle just like what's that one thing they can take away from like for you for that guy it was okay now he's not eating out every day that's actually a pretty big win now he can stack that win with something else right yeah so that that's yeah. sort of like that's a really good way to start to introduce a healthier lifestyle in a in a slow meaningful way instead of trying to you know like he was saying they don't have to be us they just have yeah. to take a little bit 
of what we're trying to teach them. Right. I actually have a question for you guys. Um, so when I typically see a client, um, that client is looking to either get stronger or lose body fat, whatever. When you guys typically see someone, it's for pain. They're usually coming in because they're hurt. How do you yeah. sort of, how does that sort of change the way you guys interact with them or like your programming or like just how you're carrying the soul, whole like overall process? Yeah, like for, for me, well, well, first of all, we're, we're just getting a history of, you know, when did this pain start? When is it hurting? When is it, what, what is it really holding you back from in terms of your daily life and your activities? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, learning more about the technical side of the pain, how they perceive it, like do they do they see it as a huge hindrance do they do they perceive it as something they can think of getting better or do they think it's it's going to be hard to improve you know getting getting a sense of their beliefs and then finally thinking about okay what are your what are your short-term goals which is usually you know like get rid of the pain improve uh, this flexibility mobility rehabilitate this injury but then i always try to make sure i get a more longer term goal like okay once we get past this what's something that you know you really want to do that this is really holding you back from whether that's you know running that first marathon running that 5k you know getting back in the gym for you know upper body strengthening etc and then how can we after we've addressed your initial pain point how can we start to use our knowledge to push you towards that so almost having a short-term goal to you know get them out of pain and then after that see you know what what do you really want to do physically like what what do you what do you want to do with your body that this is really holding you back from and then push them on that you know kind of bigger goal more long-term goal and that's when we get more of those long-term clients whereas there's some people that you can't really get it out of them they just want to be out of pain and then they're you know then we we move them along their way but yeah that's usually the way that the strategy that i use mm-hmm. yeah um I think Prab pretty much nailed it. Um, my approach uh, is pretty similar. I one of the I just make it into a practice to understand why people are actually here, right? That's why I asked you the same thing. Like people come to you and they're like, "Hey, I just want to lose body fat. I want to get into shape." You're in that space where people are pretty much convinced that they just need to move. That's a perfect spot to be in, mm-hmm. even if their goals could be not well thought out right in that moment but you're there to kind of piece it together and be like these are the things that are actually meaningful and they find their meaning in it right so just like that it's the same thing that i try to do in my practice right so person comes in oh my knee hurts i'm like okay what was it when did it let's just say when did it start that person usually says it started about a month ago you started like two weeks ago three it's not like that day Usually, unless it's like an emergency, right? Unless it's like, oh, I think I fractured or something, right? So then you, the question that I generally ask um, is, okay, you had three, four weeks to deal with this pain. What is it? What was the moment where you were like, okay, I need to go see someone? And what was that moment? Were you in the bathroom and you were trying to get up? Or were you trying to run and then you felt it? Were you trying to pick up your child and then you felt it? It's usually one of those moments that we think is not that big of a deal, but it is, right? So if it's something simple as, oh, I was trying to pick up my grandchild, right? And then I felt my knee yeah. kind of buckle just a little, and then I, f- I was in pain for the rest, for the next two weeks, right? Their pain point now is, now it has a psychological component to it. 
So you remind them how, okay, it could be simple as, okay, how much does your grandchild weigh then? Oh, like 50, 60, 80 pounds, whatever, right? Whatever it is. And then then the goal becomes very smart, right? You can make it measurable, specific, and you can basically create a goal of, okay, in four to six weeks, your goal is going to be to do, to pick up 50 pounds, okay? So then you have two components to it. You learn how to hinge from the ground and push above you. Those are your two things, technically. Let's look at where you're messing up, right? Is it your hips? Is it your lower back? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, the way I dissect pain is you try to get to the root of what that pain represents in their life. And I'm very annoying about it to the point where patients are like, dude, I just want to get better. I'm like, I understand, but there's a reason why you're here. And sometimes some patients say, I'm here because my my wife told me to come here. And when that happens, you're like, ah, crap. That patient, that patient you need to like, you have to kind of, explain a lot more stuff to you can get you understand how to approach people when you can get to the root cause of why they're there in the first place right and they understand right. themselves a little better too so that, that's pretty much how i approach it that's all that makes a lot of sense yeah in two weeks we're finna deadlift this grandkid off the floor yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you not have you not seen that um commercial where like that there's like that old man that's like lifting like a kettlebell Every morning, every single yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's basically it. That's literally like physio in a nutshell. Like I would, I would try to emulate that subjective mm. as much as I could. Because what is, this, what is commercial? It was like, um, it was like, here. Let me see if I can find it, bro. Side yeah, don't pull it. Out. We can't. We can't put video on this. No, no, no. I'm gonna send it to you, bro. I'm gonna send it to you, bro. I'm not. It was like this old man. He's like in a shed and he's like trying to pick up weights every day. And like mm. first a couple of days, he falls. His neighbors like looking at him like, "What the fuck is this old guy doing?" Like, this yeah, has guy, guy lost it. And oh. this guy just keeps doing it every day, every day. And then I think like this all in like the dead of winter, and apparently in the spring, like his his granddaughter comes or whatever, and he like sees her and he's able to pick her up just like he picks up the kettlebell. So like he's oh. literally been training just to pick up his granddaughter that one time. He's like, fuck you to the old lady beside the, like, next door. He's like, yo, I can pick up my granddaughter now. So, like, like a happy story. Yeah, yeah everyone would yeah. look at him like, what the hell are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually you see him pick up the grandchild to uh, lift her up to the top of the Christmas tree and put the yeah. star up there. Right? That's like, it. I'll send you that link. Is this like a gym yeah. commercial? Uh, I'm not sure what it's for. I think it was basically to like find like a like the commercial is basically called find your purpose. So okay. it's just like it, and I think that's generally that 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 like theme right there. That concept is how everything can overlap, right? Mm-hmm. You have to understand what the hell you're doing. What the hell are your next few steps, and who's gonna help you get there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's. That's what you want to look for. And mm-hmm. when you can identify someone's purpose, then every single thing that you do makes sense. Right? For sure. You just need a little bit of guidance. Yeah. No, one, no one has guidance. Just yeah. Like I was telling Prab yesterday that, uh, what was the thing that I heard? It was the concepts are very few and the methods are many. Right? And that applies to like diet, working out. Literally anything. Yeah. Literally everything. But no, because there's so many damn methods, people are paralyzed by too much information. I know I'm I'm a victim of it, so I'm sure clients are too, right? Yeah, it's like a lot of times like 
what you need to do is just be consistent find the, that diet or that program that works for you just grind at it for months to years stay consistent keep improving at it slowly but if we're constantly changing what we're doing like changing the program over and over again before you know that quote where it's like digging up the seeds that you planted before you let them grow like that type of shit yeah no, no one wants to hear that shit, right Hell everyone no. wants to hear oh this is this is how you get jacked this is how you get out of pain this is how you do this yeah. so you do that and you just follow this get, and you do get it. a six-pack in three months i'm like bro, bro what <laughs> Like who the hell is getting a six pack in three months? Please, please show me. Like unless they're like very, very, very aggressive. But like it, it's it's so unrealistic for like the general population, right? It's like that. I feel like that's how you gotta get people through the door. Like you gotta you gotta let them know, okay, this is what's there. And then once they're kind of in, that's when you have to be like, okay, now this is where the real shit happens. This is where you have to do the shit consistently mm-hmm. over and over. And then that's when they're sort of bought into the process, right? It's like, yeah, oh, right. this guy told me he'd do this, but now it's like. Yeah, bro, I told you you get a six pack in three months. Maybe I didn't tell you that specifically, but that's what you thought. But here's what you really need to do get a six pack. Maybe not in three months, but maybe in a year, right? So, mm-hmm. sort of leading down to a long term path. Yeah, just yeah. So much of that is also how much they actually trust you and how much they, mm-hmm. they kind of they feel you understand them. Which is why that, yeah. whole, that whole process of what we were talking about of being their guide comes into play where some of these people don't even really know their why some of them are just you know what hey i I just want this six pack right well like what is it about the six pack that you know you always wanted maybe it's like hey well you know what i was always uh like a big guy i never i never really thought this was possible for me but i i just i feel like it's time for me to you know unlock my potential and that's going to make me feel really good and uh, i don't know my brother's wedding is coming up and in time for that i would feel really good about myself if i if i got the six packs then it's like that's like a whole context behind what's usually a pretty vain pursuit right there's there's a reason you're doing this shit and if you're if we're able to show you that it's possible if you do these steps and that doesn't mean we're bullshitting them we're we're, we're keeping it yeah. extremely real but if yeah, you're able yeah. to do this, then that might literally change what you thought was possible in so many other areas of your life. And you just need the guidance from someone who can lay the the foundational steps out for you and not just BS you with, you know, temptations and these shortcuts. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. Yeah. Spinning off of that, what are the biggest myths that people should know about in your gym space in the personal training world um you know like when i first got into personal training um i didn't think people actually believed a lot of the stuff i thought was fake i was like oh shit like you believe that lifting light weights is gonna make you tone and lifting heavy weights is gonna make you bulky it's like oh it's not like we have to we really have to sit here and debunk this before we get into anything else i think that's one of them um Women, especially that come into lifting space, they're always like, I don't want to lift heavy. I don't want to get bulky. It's like, I've been trying to get jacked and bulky for many years now. And uh, yeah. so, <laughs> don't need to be well on my way. You won't get there, honey. I promise. It's just like, um, it's more like you don't drive your car every day and expect to be an NASCAR driver. So you'll, you'll be fine lifting these weights for a few years and you won't look like Chris Bumstead. You know what I mean? So that's a good analogy. I think that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, I think deadlifts bad for your back. That's also another one where it's like, yeah, I don't want to load my spine. 
Say oh my god, yeah. I, I had a kid. I had a kid in the other day, man. He was how old is he? 15, 16 years old. Um he was like, Oh, deadlifts are bad for your back. I'm like, okay, who said? And he's like, I guarantee you if you go on YouTube right now and you just type in deadlifts on its own, the first thing you'll see is deadlifts should be avoided. Um <laughs> and it will cause low back pain. I searched it up and he wasn't entirely wrong. <laughs> He wasn't entirely wrong, but, but, but the, the video, here, let, let's search it up right now. Cause you know, I, I like to pull up the receipts. Okay. Cause you know, it's, it's good. It's good to know. Cause it, I, okay, I, I understand against this 15 year old kid. Bro. No, 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 no. Like it's not, it's not like a vendetta. It's like, it's like, I understand. I understand why he felt that way because when you actually type in deadlifts on YouTube, it says stop doing deadlifts and that's the first thing he noticed and then he looked at the thumbnail and he's like look it says that when he's doing the deadlift it looks like he's in pain right but what yeah, he yeah. what he didn't see is that it says stop doing deadlifts like this and it says oh. save your spine right so there's when you say those kind of that, that kind of terminology i think it's like you said, it's a it's a myth, but people really really are get afraid to do it. They're like, yo yo yo, I'm okay without the deadlifts. It's okay. Like, there's a lot yeah. of form check and all that stuff that goes into it. I don't care for it because when you look at the real world, right? Like when you're actually typing in the, these professionals that are on on the platform, they're saying that you have to get your form and check, which is true. Yeah, but yeah. there's a lot of fear around that. I think for sure, and I think a lot of it is that. People, when people do get hurt, it's because they go into it unprepared or they exceed the tolerance for what they have, right? They're lifting more than they should be. They're progressing way too fast. They're doing it with improper form. There's so many things that go into it. Like they could ha be having like shitty recovery that goes into getting injured. And it's like, there's so many factors into this and you're literally just chalking it up to, oh, this whole exercise is bad. Exactly. Like, talk, talk to us more about yeah. that though, right? Like talk to us more about this capacity uh, concept that you were just talking about that people progress too quickly um, and, and explain to us like how that works oh sorry so I think um, especially when you start lifting at the beginning or I find this a lot with younger guys is that you want to put weight on the bar over and over and over and you like to see that number go up but I think everyone likes to see that number go up but when you get overzealous or you just kind of progress too fast typically your form breaks down and you don't really notice it and as you get to heavier and heavier loads and you're still constantly pushing and pushing and pushing it's like you don't really take a step back and kind of look at if your form is still good from mm. when you did that at a lighter weight so yeah. your form could break down there or yeah. it's just like man you've been pushing heavy weight for the past six weeks and this is the straw that broke the camel's back it's like you were literally doing this the entire time your recovery is probably garbage you've literally been <laughs> lifting super heavy what did you really expect? You're not ex you're not gonna drive your car on E for like fucking seventy kilometers past its zero kilometer mark and expect it to still run. This is kind of like the same thing, right? So it's yo that shit is dangerous. Uh, that shit is dangerous, low key. By the way, the, the new cars are serious. The new cars are serious, yo. Like when it says twenty kilometers or left, don't 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 fuck around and go over seventy kilometers. You're you're you only got no you you only, hey no 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 no. I'm not gonna get into that. I'm just saying, yo, twenty kilometers left on the new cars on the new cars okay listen to that shit don't think that you have an extra five ten kilometers that's all i'm gonna say that is all i'm gonna say sorry continue 
Oh, you sound like you got PTSD. I don't know, man. I push my Civic pretty heavy sometimes, and it hasn't let me down yet. So. No, no, no. If, hey, hey. If it's if it's an old if it's an older car, it's fine. I'm telling you, if it's an older car, it's fine. The newer, the 2020s and onwards, they're a little suspect. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Old is gold, man. Yeah, old as gold, oh, man. man. They, they give you a little bit of leeway, you know? Like, it's fine. You, okay, it's zero. It's empty. I'm imagining okay, cool. <laughs> lead, like, walking over a gas station, like, filling up the fucking, like, the, 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 the tank container, or whatever. The tank, yeah. <laughs> Bro, back. yo, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, no, no. Anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, what, what, you guys um, are, like, what you guys are talking about, it's, that's basically what causes, like, majority of injuries that we see in the clinics, too. Like someone was just exceeding the capacity yeah. that they've that they haven't yeah. trained for, right? They haven't, you know, really owned that load yet. Sometimes they would have they progressed when they they maybe should have even had dropped the weight and focused on the yeah. form. So they're just progressing, and not even just in the gym, but you know, on the pitch. I would say they play soccer. They they went from playing like once a week to now they join like two leagues and a soccer team too. Uh, and on like a school team and then now they're playing five six times a week and all of a sudden they have heel pain like that, yeah it, it goes into like all aspects of um, like physical health and sport right so that's that's huge how do you manage to educate that piece then how do you tell someone to slow down especially like a younger like a younger bull you know like 16 18 year olds you know these guys are like oh yeah i'm ready to lift man i'm, I'm ready to go how do you educate uh, i actually I actually train these two baseball players and these guys are like young 16, 17 year old kids and they train together. So like, obviously you just know when two teens are going at it, the testosterone hey. is through the fucking roof. Yeah, that just, <laughs> testosterone just pouring out the freaking eyes, man. Just like pouring <laughs> out. It's like, Oh yeah, baby, I got this lightweight. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just a matter of like, yo, like you're here to get stronger, but like they're playing for they're 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 competitive baseball players. I'm like, yo, are you here to lift super fucking heavy weights or are you here to play baseball better and they're like we want to play baseball better so it's like then this is how we got to do it right like we don't want to fucking send it every time especially before the season like we want to start tapering loads we want to start sort of managing recovery especially as we're going into it so explain to people that just because there's less weight on the bar doesn't mean you're doing less work or you're not getting the most out of it it's just that we will eventually get to those points where you can lift heavier but we have to do all the prerequisite steps or we have to take the proper i wouldn't say precautions but we have to do the right things to sort of get ourselves there so when we do it there we're not going to be set back by six months of injuries or 12 months or however long it takes right it's like yeah. if you do it properly now yeah. you don't have to go back and do it again exactly yeah. and all i know is like your your gym sessions with those baseball players like sounds like this <laughs> One hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna record it. I'm gonna do a mic dump session with them one time. That would be pretty good. Oh, yo, come on, one more, bro. You got that shit. That's easy, bro. Oh my goodness, yo, holy man, a bitch. That's all I hear. You a bitch, bro. They love it when you call them bitches. They're like, no, you said you really said that to me, and they get back on it and they do it again. There's times, there's times and place where you can really push them, but it's yeah. like. It doesn't have to be every single time, right? So. 
Yeah, actually, man, that, I can. I would never do that in my space, man. <laughs> you tell this like fifty-five-year-old like lady named Madison, you say, "Yo, don't be a bitch." Boom, you're Done. fucking gone. Done. Canceled. Damn, that, I love my, I love working in personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, I just I I was uh I saw your post today about deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Can you can you tell the people what you said? Because I lost my shit. Like, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, um, when you're deadlifting, I see a lot of soft lockouts, so people don't really bring the bar up properly. So I essentially said, you have to fuck the bar. You have to be just as aggressive as when I said it. Like you have to literally drive your hips into that bar, like you're giving it right. So that's just i think it's the easiest way when you say that people are like oh shit like one he's really aggressive and two is like i should probably be more aggressive when i pick the shit up so that's just the way i kind of look at it yeah i was just scrolling and i just saw it you're just like you're training like your boy and then you're just like yeah like you want to you know what you want to you want to think about you want to fuck the bar and even your even your boy in the video is like oh shit he is shook. he's like he what? did not know that was coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was just, I think it was our first take, so I was like, I'm gonna just do it. Like, this is what I say, so if you yeah, wanna yeah, keep it in, you keep it in. <laughs> it's too good. It's crazy, man. But yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's also like knowing the specific like audience, too. Like, you know, which people are gonna get fired up by that. And some people For actually sure. like weirdly like respond well to, you know, kind of going like, bro, that's it. Like, I don't know. Some people just respond well to that, and some people you have to be more like, soft and you know like okay, sure. what's going on here like did that hurt i don't know some people need to be like kind of baby through it a little bit 100 percent. you gotta really slow it down and be like oh how hard is that from zero to ten and they're like nine out of ten but you knew really knew it was rp4 but you're like okay um we'll just do like one more rep next time yeah. <laughs> you really have to baby them through it yeah. uh but yeah there's other people like i was kind of surprised like there's some older lady clients of mine and like i'm like is that really all you got and they'll look at me and be like oh you want more and don't yeah. get they'll really give it so it's like it's kind of like like you said knowing your client knowing who you're working with and just building that rapport with them right i'm not obviously not going to call everyone i work with a bitch but um yeah there's a select few individuals that <laughs> that when they hear it it gets them going it gets the best out of them and that's my job as a trainer is to get the best out of everyone that comes yeah speaking of like old ladies that crush that absolutely are crushing the game have you guys heard of train with joanne sounds familiar who's that bro check her page out man she's like 76 years old and she's her story is incredible she's Mm -hmm. so cool basically like she had like a she had like similar to i guess a little bit of a parallel to kajivan in the sense that she had like a very low period around her 50s though right like around her 50s she was like her health problems were kind of increasing quite a bit and then she decided to basically change her entire life and now she's like 76 and she's like absolutely shredded man she i look at her holy yeah 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 if you actually look at her you're like dude what the hell and she's so strong like squatting deadlifting splitting and all like just crazy very in- incredible story very yeah, cool. she's beast. yeah she's actually jacked certified she's yoked yo so it's just interesting though right because like this is where like i think that what she does is so interesting because i think when people see her they're gonna be like oh no she's crazy like she's an exception to the rule she's not She's this, she's mm-hmm. that, she's this, right? But people don't realize that 
I think that as they get older, they actually should be like, if let's say, for example, like 50 to 60 year olds, like my, my I can talk about my parents, right? I'm not going to talk about the general public. I know I work with them. I don't want to offend anyone, but my parents feel like I do too much and there's no way that they can keep up with the amount of volume that I do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. fair enough. There are certain things that you might not be able to do right away, right? Maybe. I wouldn't start you at exactly where I'm at. I've been idling here for freaking over a decade now, right? But I can get you started and slowly ramp it up, right? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But you should be spending as much time as me working. It's more imperative for you to work at your age, I think, than it is for me to work at my age. So why am I still working more than you, right? You yeah, should out-train yeah. me, right? You should out-train me. I, I genuinely believe that. And I, I'm not saying that I freaking train like every single day. I'm grinding for like 800 minutes a week and I'm lifting weights like it's nothing. I'm not saying that at all. But I think the myth or the, the conception that the older population has is that there's no way I can do this. I should have done it when I was younger, when my body was younger. Yeah. Right? But when I see people like Joanne, I'm like, this lady started her fitness journey when she was 50. She didn't post on Instagram or anything crazy like that. Like the way that she's popping off right now, it didn't happen until the last couple of years, I would say. She's really yeah. gaining traction now. It took her about two decades to get to where she's at. Yeah. But she, but she got there, right? I think it also goes into like culture and environment. Like yeah. one culture is huge like there's just not a lot of emphasis on fitness in older desi folks that's that's huge they just don't think like that and on top of that as you get older a lot of time you're looking at your environment and people more people are falling off the wagon right something that makes you think it's okay to do it too because everyone around you is kind of like becoming you know, not in the best shape. Whereas when you're young, you look around, you're like, hey, everyone's kind of on top of stuff. That can make a big difference too. Mm-hmm. I think it all plays together. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that plays a big role. But it's kind of our job to change that narrative. And we can educate yeah, these people and say, hey, you know what? What if you became the person who kind of turned everything around? And now you're, all your friends looked at you and said, oh, shit, I got to get my stuff together, too. And then they all became fit. And now all you guys, I don't know, you guys might even, like, increase your life expectancy by, like, 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys could yeah, totally 100%. change your entire quality of life, quantity, you know, like, what you're able to do in your last couple of years. You're just you're changing everything. You're changing the whole trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that you mention it, there's no, like, South Asian representation of, like, older people that work out. It's like, yeah. you don't, you, even when I go to Good Life in Brampton, like, you don't really see that many older South Asian people work out. But, like, mm-hmm. you always see the old white people work out. It's like, exactly. oh, shit. Like, That's what I'm saying. They're always grinding. I'm like, wow, man. Like, maybe, like, if uh, my grandpa, like, if I took him to the gym and showed him around, like, yo, he could actually do the same shit that fucking Joanne is doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like... There's no representation, and that's kind of crazy to think about. Like looking around, it's like, damn. Like we maybe as a younger generation have to set that example or ha- mm. be able to have those conversations with them to maybe not get them like Joanne, but get them on the same path. Maybe right, start them off that way. I just see it as the blueprints there. Like that's another example of the okay, the blueprints there. Why aren't people looking at these stories rather than the fact that oh, I'm just old and I'm frail and I can't do it? 
right? Because yeah. that's that's good. Like that's the like I was talking to um, Prab about this last night too, and I was like, that's like my life mission now to try to make sure that people understand that that like yes you you might be in pain you might be but like you gotta be strong though i'd rather you be in pain but stronger like if you're in the same amount of pain would you rather not be stronger why is it that you're defeated that oh i'm in pain therefore my life sucks it it shouldn't be that it should be okay i'm in pain but i'm i am stronger than i was before yeah like let's say your pain level is the same but your level of function is better that's a pretty big improvement because now yeah. if you were to function, if you were to try to function the same way you were before, you would yeah. probably not be in pain. You know what I mean? Like that's a pretty big step up. But yeah. sometimes people get so, and that's why like kind of back to the, like a question you asked like a while ago about how we visit patients and how a lot of our conversations center around pain. Yeah, that is a big thing that we're dealing with, but it's, it's important not to just get sucked into their narrative like as much as you want to listen to them there is a balance Mm -hmm. of not just getting sucked into their story and saying yeah what your specific tiny goal is is all that there is for you maybe there's something beyond pain and they don't see that yet like maybe you know what if you were if you're able to lift all these things and you're able to get around do activities you thought you wouldn't be able to do but your pain is not completely gone maybe it just went from a six to like a three that's a pretty big win but maybe they don't they and they won't see it that way until we communicate it that way to them, right? So that's yeah. huge for people not to just get so focused in on the pain. Yeah, I think that's a parallel to that would be when I train people and they want to look better, or they want to like they come in with the goal of having better body composition. They want to lose fat. They want to get build muscle. But then, like in a six week eight week period, like you like you guys said, that's really hard to do, right? You're not yeah. going to see immediate changes, but when we do strength testing every six weeks and we show them, it's like, dude, your trap bar deadlift went from 100 pounds to like 180 pounds. Like, you got fuckloads stronger. And they look at that and they're like, oh shit, like, this work is paying off. Like, maybe I'm not the same as when I started, right? So it's just like directing them from a sort of, from something that you can't control to directing them to something that you can control sort of gives them more ownership of the process. They feel like they're more bought in and there's a little bit more sort of bullshit like this is actually working and that's when it starts clicking and usually when they start focusing on the performance metrics that's when all the intangibles are like i wouldn't say intangibles but like the other stuff starts to go up too right so i like how you guys sort of even when they're in pain you sort of change their sort of viewpoint from one spot to another sort of get them to look past that you yeah. I didn't know what to say. Shit, my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I just blanked out. I was like, oh, man, I don't have anything else to add to that. To that was nice. You were about to say something, and then uh, I saw that, so I, I muted myself, and then you were just like, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. The ad lips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, the, the, yeah, I feel like uh, it's very similar from from you guys it's a performance standpoint a strength standpoint for us it's a function pain and a little bit of that strength and performance too depending on who we're working with but Mm -hmm. um how how do you think physios personal trainers and other healthcare professionals can work together to help these patients so let's say we have a patient i'm the physio you're the personal trainer right now there isn't really that much of a model where 
me and you would work together and actually have a direct line of communication to talk about the patient, right? I feel like it's a very separate field, even though we're working towards similar things, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think can start to be implemented to give those clients the highest level of care? I think ideally, like if you have an integrated sort of rehab or care center with a with sort of a fitness element, with personal trainers, with access to an actual gym, right? That sort of just opens up the doors from the patient side that, oh shit, this is not just rehab, this is me getting stronger, right? So sort of merging those two in the patient side. And then whenever I'm working with a client, me and Prab had this conversation earlier, it's just, I make it a point to reach out to the physio or to the chiro or to whoever, and I try and get their feedback on what their diagnosis is, what their recommendations are, inputs are in terms of programming, what they, what their goals are, and I try to integrate that into what the client wants and how I want to go about things too, right? So one is just communicating, not having the client or the patient as a middleman to communicating mm-hmm. with both of those sort of providers is probably the best way to go about it because the client can come and tell you, oh shit, my trainer kicked my ass, he put me through a hard workout, and the physio goes, what did you do? And the client goes, uh, I have no idea. And that's just a hard barrier to yeah. overcome. So having a direct line of communication, I think is number one, but then like long-term vision would just be having all these sort of providers or fitness professionals or healthcare providers all sort of work together in one roof. And I think that would make things yeah. a whole lot easier because one, you can address the client, but two, you could also have conversations like we are having right now on a daily basis. Right? And that's just going to yeah. force everyone to grow. Yeah, and I think that's actually that's what happens at Waleed's clinic, right? Is that that's what you do guys do, Waleed? I don't want to say for sure that's exactly what we do, um, but it is similar. Um, yeah. It is is with that concept of like uh, physiotherapy assistance, really, right? Like um, we do the initial assessments, and as physios. We identify certain things and if the patient's just too much in like pain and they're too focused on the pain and the symptoms and all that stuff like and they have a fear of movement then i wouldn't go to the route of okay let's start exercising and moving right away it's about kind of hand holding and making sure that they feel safe and confidently perform like basic moves once they learn Mm -hmm. that then you transition them over to the gym the ultimate goal is always get in the gym and work there right and right now um i work on creating the programs and i was telling prab i struggle with this a little um because i'm really novice i would say in trying to understand strength and conditioning principles and power principles speed principles and integrating that in a way where you know like the patients also addressing their original injury but also getting stronger right there's a difference, right? Like if someone says my shoulder hurts and we're trying to get him to do exercises to get the shoulder improved, we need to get everything else around it moving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's like rules of how to gain hypertrophy. There's rules of how to improve strength. There's rules of how to improve power, right? Yeah. So all these three things are different and also we're dealing with a patient's injury. So there's a lot of different, a lot of different ways to kind of go about it. It's an underdeveloped strength for me, but that is the way that we try to function at the clinic here. Well, that's solid. I think I really like what you said about getting them, like hand-holding at the beginning, but the end goal is to get them into the gym, to get stronger, to train, 
that's, that's yeah. a really underrated aspect of it. That, that that's people like people are like I just want to get out of the physio clinic. It's like no man, you can get out of here, but once you go back and you're not if you're not ready for what life has to throw at you, then you're just gonna end up back in the physio clinic. Whereas if you're that's stronger, a, that's prepared, the thing. Like, that's what I noticed, yeah. man. That that's that was the biggest thing for me because initially I was very hesitant to utilize that as a tool, right? And I didn't realize that it was a tool. I thought it was something that was taking away from me. I was like, me, 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 me. I got to get this person better. Because I, I understood physio as just making people feel better. Like, that was my yeah. very immature understanding of what it is. But now I see it as, okay, like, we need to get you better. But we also want to teach you how to understand movement. And movement that's mm-hmm. compelling to you. And movement that's based on research right if you lack in strength right i gotta show you what the standards are we can look at the standards there are things that we can look at for age appropriate um standards for its strength averages yeah um and how that correlates with longevity and if you can't do those certain things at your age mark then there's something that you can work on yeah yeah i think this stuff like it goes into uh it's really our responsibility right and that's why it's kind of upsetting when patients come in and they talk about how their previous physio experience was and they just put electrodes on them and walked walked out of the room there's no education piece there's no strengthening there was no uh, understanding Mm -hmm. about like you said like what we're preparing for life here right and some some physios or just healthcare professionals in general they want the person to come back to be honest right so that's why yeah. i really think it it starts with us and that's why the new generation of healthcare professionals is so valuable because we actually are in that driver's seat to change the way that they view rehab this is not necessarily like oh how many sessions will i uh need to get better or uh, how many times yeah. do i have to come in and how many weeks do i need to uh, work on this before I'm, I'm out of pain it's really not that simple it depends on so many yeah. things it depends on you know all the other factors like your recovery your your goals your belief systems your consistency to the program uh, your yeah. specific demands like it's so many things going what's your it. what's your sleep like yeah do you sleep okay oh my yeah. shoulder hurts what's your sleep yeah. like oh i'm not sleeping at all I'm like, okay cool let's work that first you gotta ask let's get... stuff every time yeah. and, and you know that's when the, i ask my clients you know, that they're like yo i hurt my stuff i'm like did you like how's your sleep been how have you have you been eating probably have you been more stressed out than usual they go why the fuck are you asking me this i'm like dude there's why so much more to this there's so much more to this you getting hurt than literally the fucking weight you put over your head like there's so much more that goes into it and it's like you have to understand that and it's like when i got hurt myself like when i hurt my low back that one time and then put me out for five six months of not being able to do anything it's like my sleep was garbage i was super stressed out i was squatting actually oh (laughs) he just threw the myth myth is done done i'm going back to the 15 year old don't squat like this See, in my defense, I maxed out on my deadlifts the day before, and then on like five hours of sleep and oh, shit ton of caffeine later, she I went inside to to do squats, and that fucked me. And it was like looking back on it, it's like, bro, I was training super hard for eight weeks, literally pushing my body to the limits, no sleep, lot shitty food, like, and then in a calorie deficit too. And then this is what happened. I look yeah. back and I'm like, wow, you're actually a dumbass. Like you avoided yeah. <laughs> that situation completely. But um. I think, like you said, like when you talk about physios or healthcare professionals or chiros or whatever that just solely rely on passive treatments, it's just like, man, that's not 
personally, like, I don't know if I can say that because I'm a PT, but I don't think that's the way to go. It's like, you have to get these people moving. You have to get these people to understand that you can work back to where you're from. You don't have to just demonize and pathologize like movements completely. Right. Yeah. No, ultimately it's all about, it's, it has to be about movement. Right. Cause if you like physiotherapy is grounded on movement, right. Cause we're trying to get people back to moving. That's, that's the basis of it but mm-hmm. people can take it in different ways they could be like okay like we just gotta get rid of the symptoms right it's like yeah. the the medical model right give them a give them a pill and it will deal with this i'll give them an antibiotic it will yeah. deal with this give them the proxen it will deal with their pain mm-hmm. right this one thing will fix the pain that they that they've been dealing with for god knows how many years but yeah it's not pain is pain is too complex you're disrespecting pain yeah. man Put in, put some respect on Payne's name, man. But like, yeah, like it's, yeah, it's it's not that simple that you can just say that. Oh, yeah, like you can get rid of the pain by this one thing. You can get rid of this pain by this one physio or this the one personal problem, trainer. The problem is there actually are like straight up like doctors and physios that actually kind of reinforce that thinking, like even by what we were saying like giving that medicine and just say oh yeah just do this take this fucking advil and you'll be fine and whatever and just like kind of band-aiding it it's just mm-hmm. it's actually legitimately reinforced in so many ways that we have to we have to put in that extra work to try to re-educate them and that's why like the main strategy that i like to do is what's that one thing you can take away that can change your lifestyle right even if it's Mm -hmm. like i'm big on five to ten minutes of movement a day i'm like when you do blank let's say you have a activity you do every single day like i don't know brushing your teeth right right after you brush your teeth you're gonna do five minutes of this just five minutes that's it and they feel so stupid that if they don't do those five minutes and I, I literally give them a time, a place, and only a five-minute task to do. That if they don't do it, they feel like an idiot. It makes it so easy to do. And I feel like that's even more effective than always giving them, like, a gigantic program to do, like, three times a week. Like I used to do that for a lot of people. And some of them, they just, they're not going to take it away, right? So depending on who you're, who you're working with, even just that little tiny bit of education and putting five ten minutes of a lifestyle change in their day is huge yeah keeping it simple they have to stick to it at the end of the day and if you're going to give them like do this for three times a week for two sets of five it's like that's way too much information for someone that doesn't do anything it's like like you said if you attach it to a habit that they're already doing like brushing their teeth then you're already halfway there right so making it like you said those stupidly simple that they feel stupid for not doing it that's how simple i think you want to start off with people that are really reserved or hesitant about that yeah man all i know is like pain walks into the room like this Pick on my name you understand me when y'all saying my name put some respect on it <laughs> you are I'm, I'm loving the videos today <laughs> oh this guy came with a meme holy put some respect respect Paige is like, put some respect on my name, man. <laughs> that gas tank on empty is like, put some respect on my name, we'll lead. <laughs> oh my I said, god. I said it's I empty. said 20 kilometers, man. It's empty. I said, oh, I, said, I said 20 kilometers, man. Where the, where the fuck are you going? 
I have at least three instances in my Snapchat memories where that is not the case. So I'm very glad I haven't run into that yet. <laughs> It'll be my, my car at zero range. And I'm just like, yep, still not at a gas station yet. It's <laughs> crazy, man. I hope, I hope everyone gets their gas tanks filled. <laughs> Fill it up, yeah. man. Fill it up. I'm so glad I didn't have to deal with that. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm scared now. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, don't play with it, bro. Don't play with it, man. I was at man. two kilometers. This, I was at two kilometers this afternoon, and I'm glad I made it in. So. Oh man, damn, yo, you're playing with fire, I, man. I usually, play, I'm a pretty risky guy, bro. I just kind of push it to the limits. I push everything. Oh, you're G. Limits, you know? Top damn, G. Man. Watch your back, though. <laughs> you know, like didn't Andrew Tate say like he doesn't fill up gas or whatever? He's like, it's a waste of time, or something like that. So. Did he? I'm sure he said that at some point. He probably what the hell, man. What the hell, so man? Yeah, there's something Andrew Tate said once that was like, I don't train. I just like, when I'm dreaming, I train in my dreams so that I wake up jacked. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't need to train. I've trained my, my body to train in my dreams while I sleep. And my subconscious mind creates the muscles from me training. That's ridiculous, man. I'll find the video. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's top G. <laughs> Top G methodology. Yeah. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Let's end it off on a good note, please. Let's end it off on a good okay. note. Let's, 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 let's end it off on Birdman, man. Okay. Birdman's better. Alright, guys. So put some respect on Kajiban's name, guys. Uh, this has been a, been a great episode. Loved it, man. I uh, hope you guys got some value out of that. Is there anything you wanted to say, Kajivan, before we, we hop off? Any any major keys of wisdom, gems, things that you want people to walk away with? The major keys. Major, major keys. Major key alert. Major Yo, key alert. I, want, I need the ad lib. Um, I think um, stay, stay moving is the biggest one. Um, try to do something every day. I think perhaps the 5 to 10 minute rule is great. If you can lift some weights while you're at it, um, if you need some help, you can follow me on Instagram at kegsfit. I will definitely help you out with that. But just try and get as strong as you can. I don't think it's you're ever going to be at a point where you can't be too strong, can't get too jacked. So just do what you can to stay moving, stay active. Um, and you guys have some great people in terms of pain with Prab and lead. So reach out to them if you need anything. Thank you guys for having me on the show. It was a blast. And, um, yeah, just get jacked, y'all. Major key. Major key. Major key alert. I think he's, I think he's pulling up the ad libs, but I'm not. I sure. think he's trying to pull it up the ad lib. No, 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 no. I couldn't find it, yo. I couldn't oh, find it. Oh shit. I couldn't find it, yo. Like th- these videos are too long to decipher, man. <laughs> That's why I'm just muted for a good bit, and I'll, I come in. And, oh yeah. So remember that one thing that I said? Here's the ad lib for it, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in. I'll put it in after that. It's no worries. Okay, thank you. Still. Oh, yeah. Still. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Oh, man. All right, guys. This has been the PT Lens Podcast. Keep tuning in every two weeks. We got some, uh, some awesome guests coming on. And uh, if you guys have any requests for people, uh, types of, you know. Still. Even- <laughs> <laughs> oh man if you guys have uh... 
<laughs> any uh, recommendations, then uh, make sure you reach out to our Instagram. We're gonna include all of Kajivan's links in the bio too. So if you're if you have any personal training needs, definitely hit him up. He knows what he's talking about. He's gonna get you the results you need. And mm-hmm. uh, let's get Jack for the summer. Let's right, do guys. it. Let's get it. Peace. Peace. Later.